The Arch Publications Podcast. Welcome to the Arch Publications Podcast. I'm Katie O'Regan and I am back in the hub in Middlewich today because we've spoken to Doug from the hub before who um, him and his uh, partner Lily run the hub. It also has uh, offices and there are some great businesses here, including JP Goldman. Uh, and I'm talking to Daniel, who is one of the co-owners of JP Goldman, who is fairly new to Middlewich, uh, but they've decided to come here because it's a great place. Uh, so firstly, um, I just want to have a little bit of background about you, Daniel. So what, what's your history then? Um, yeah, so I started as a lawyer, now manage the business. Um, my career path was quite typical, really. So I started at large corporate firms, sort of paralegal. I worked my way up, got my own caseloads. Always in property then? Always in property, yeah. So very specialist, very sort of niche. Um, met Nick at one of the corporate for- firms, who's the co-owner, director. And we uh, we sort of reacquainted uh, later on and, and decided to go ahead and do it for ourselves. And that was in 2015? Yes, it was. Yeah. So with all the, with all, as you'd imagine, the the sort of regulation and whatnot, we, we started trading in 2016. Do you have to jump through quite a lot of hoops then? Yeah, you need your license. Um, you need your insurance to get your license. Um, you need all sorts of policies and procedures in place on top of all the usual stuff that you need to do to be a business. Um, so it, it took a while and then we kind of stopped and just waited for the, for the tax year took a bit of a break and added a few months ourselves just a bit of a break and a recharge and then yeah it's been manic since <laughs> and is it still just the two of you or have you got more people within the business um, now yeah we, we, we have a fair few staff now so there's, there's um myself nick and uh, 14 employees wow yeah so. 14 so yeah. are they like secretaries and varied yeah varies from um sort of administrative staff solicitors people who deal with uh got one person now dedicated to sort of sales and marketing which is the first time we've ever had that kind of department if you, if you call it that yeah yeah that's that, that's us i mean it's still all property that's the focus i'm um, still all doing the same things most of our early recruits were former colleagues and yeah. people we knew and and, and people from our network and whatnot and yeah that's that's where we are so you've got two offices haven't yes. you um, the business originally started in Ermston yeah am I right um, and you came to Middlewich was there a reason why you came here like I mentioned before obviously it's a great place but was there something else behind it a few reasons really that sort of all converged um, friends locally so um, a friend locally um, started an estate agency you can name him yeah so um, <laughs> yeah so um, down at Umbrella Home started up on, on this very street um, yep. came to see him like the sound just wishing well look at it be nosy look at his office that kind of thing I live sort of south Manchester so sort of historically what would have been Cheshire the, the old border was the Mersey yeah um, so I'm not I'm, I'm fairly equidistant between here and the office I travel to anyway that's a big word equidistant yeah, yeah I won't count the letters uh, yeah, but um, so it was close. Um, met Doug, who you've mentioned at the intro. Um, Doug and Lily were kicking off um, the business hub here. Mm. So it, it kind of started out as, you know, what, our hot desk in Middlewich. Um, and I just enjoyed it, like the, like the town, like coming somewhere else. Um, a bit of headspace, and it's sort of evolved, and now we've got a dedicated space of our own. Yeah, so you're, if, you, if you're coming down Wheelock Street and you can see the hub, um, then you see uh, Premier Doors of Cheshire, 
but your office is, is within the back of there isn't yeah, it so so we've got a self-contained office here with just at the back they've got all the hub facilities so there's meeting rooms and you know tea coffee all the rest of it for for meeting clients and we've, we've just really enjoyed working in the area and being in the area and it's uh hopefully going to snowball from there what is it particularly you, you like about the people of Middlewich um yes we've had a few clients come in and to be honest you know I've, I've always enjoyed interacting with clients face to face and it's no different here to to Ermston they've had everyone that's come in has been pleasant it, it, it's enjoyable it's you know d- different types of property different property titles mm. um yeah different local authority there's there's just added interest and it's nice to work outside the area and see and learn new things and it's uh... when somebody buys a property you need a solicitor I mean it's literally a given that you can't buy a property without a solicitor am I right yes essentially yeah yeah the, the, the very rare occasions where you can if you didn't have a lender would it be not recommended <laughs> right so so what it's, I think it's probably something that people might do maybe what maximum of three times in their lives maybe interact with a solicitor during this process yeah it's it's infrequent yeah so it's it's one of those processes where we often see first-time buyers obviously it's the first time they've ever done it it's, it's very very different to renting we sometimes see people who are moving having lived in their house for 15 16 you know plus years and obviously by then you've, you've forgotten and it's changed yeah. anyway it's yeah. a long time for it to change and digitization and all that kind of thing it's it's an evolving um process that's one of the facets of the job really is making sure people are aware what's going on so so let's just say i i'm a first-time buyer and i've never ever been in contact with a solicitor before in this situation in fact it might be the only time unless i've been arrested i've been in contact with a solicitor at all um so and i haven't been arrested which is good news what happens how does it work yes yeah, so, so the general process is um you know seller sells buyer buys and it's a buyer beware process so the job when you're selling is, is to sell it and to make sure your client doesn't misrepresent any of the facts and you you, you gather the title you gather the seller's form so all the things a buyer would want to know so you fill in big long forms about neighbors planning issues environmental issues fixtures fittings what you're going to leave what you're going to take can i just ask you about the neighbors thing i've always wondered this if you don't disclose something say you've had a fallout with your neighbor mm-hmm. and there's you know there's been a couple of incidents where they phone the police or whatever and you don't disclose that and then the person moves in and finds that the neighbour's a nightmare. Can can you kind of hold the person before responsible? Uh, yes, that's that's, um, that's a misrepresentation. So misrep, is, is it shorthand, um, would need pursuing through the courts, and basically the court will try to quantify what your what your you know losses, if you like. Um, so in that scenario, it, it it would, to be fair, take some pretty terrible neighbours yeah. for you to successfully argue that either the property is worth less than what you paid because of them or that you simply wouldn't have bought it and all the cost and rigmarole and you know you might sell it and less than you bought for because you're rushing or whatever that would be your loss you'd have to kind of quantify your loss and and and, and pursue it through the courts um do many of those things go to court because you don't really hear about them not really i think from from my experience a lot of most clients will take the box it's it's really really it's right there in your face have you had any disputes tick yes tick no there's no wiggle room there's no grey area you, you answer the question so firstly most clients are upfront about it on the rare occasions that someone isn't often they 
labor disputes go away when one of the parties moved. I was so, just going to say that because yeah. sometimes it's, it's just a clash of personalities. So yeah, you know, it can be two sets of good people who've clashed and, and just don't get on, and that relationship's lost. You know, and, and the, the people who remain are probably relieved that someone new has come in, and probably actually might end up being the best neighbors in the world because you actually want to not go through that again. Yeah. So you know, you're kind of extra nice to, to, to the to the new people. Um, but yeah, there's obviously more severe things you can lie about. Uh, in, you know, in like what? <laughs> you know, you, you can you can be halfway through a huge planning dispute with the council and, and take that there's nothing going on there. I mean, th- that would be our job to spot because you, you get information direct from the council as well. Yeah. But you know, just for instance, um, yeah, there's all sorts. You know. <laughs> so these are kind of the pitfalls, aren't they? Um, if somebody say you've lived. I mean, we, we don't own a view. That's a big thing, isn't it? People like often say, you know, especially in Cheshire, houses are popping up all over. Uh, people are like, why are they building in front of my house? And you don't own a view. So uh, you're the one then who will check through that the, there's no planning application in for 400 houses in the field behind someone's house. The search we do at local authority is actually plot specific. Um, so it actually won't check surrounding land. But that's something we always advise when we give our reports on the search. Okay. You can, but you can go on to say oh it's dead easy you can go on the Cheshire planning portal yeah. and you can postcode plus you know and, get, and you'll find it there's also a bit of a safety net as in the cell obviously being if it's neighbouring your property they're going to build behind and you've mm-hmm. got this wonderful outlook out the back Bellway Homes have got their eyes on it and they've got a planning application in the owners will, will receive notices through the post yeah. and one of the questions in the seller's forms is have you had any notices about you know local oh, proposals yeah. and things okay, yeah. so I mean they're Lost Society standardised forms they've evolved over time to fairly well capture everything yeah. You know, and, it, and it would just be known in the community as well. That, you know, you'd, a lot of what we do is risk profiling, looking at risk. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, if someone's moving from Manchester, as an example, out to Cheshire, they might well have no idea. Mm-hmm. If someone's moving around the corner, you'd expect them to already know about... Yeah, that they're building uh, a new railway going, line yeah, or something, you know, exactly. HS2 is going to go right across the back garden. Yeah, so, so you'd apply, you'd still give the same advice, but you might just apply that extra layer of care for the person who might well have no idea. So have you had to build your knowledge up locally then? Is that something that you do as a, as a slitter then you'll say right I'm going to get myself to get to know everything that's going on in this community yeah there's there's not obviously different types of title not when Manchester for instance is full of leasehold long leases oh yeah years, that's so true yeah um, so it's nice to deal with more high proportion freehold properties it's all these yeah. things that's what you're there for isn't it you're there to simplify it for the client basically yeah we, we, we look at all this and we, and we report on it in terms that are understandable and in stages and then obviously there's the conversations like this can be had you know and and, and it, yeah that's we're basically there to act for sellers when they're selling and make sure they don't come a cropper and there's any lingering issue because you want to have it sold and be done and be gone mm. we're also kind of a facility to pay off you know mortgage charges and things if there's an existing mortgage we'll redeem it you know um, make sure there's no charges left on the property for the buyer and then if we're acting for the buyer that's sort of the riskier position to be in and, and all those things we just discussed and loads more we, we just check it all through do you think the way people buy houses in the UK in England it's different in Scotland isn't it mm-hmm. yeah is it it's the same in Wales though isn't it England and Wales yeah do you think it's a better process in Scotland or is it would you say because don't they do this thing where they like you put in a bid or something like that it's um 
I've also never practiced in Scotland, but we've you know had clients who move there, and I've got a bit of obviously an academic interest in, in in sort of reading about these things. It's a it's a bit more akin to the American system. So when you when you when you buy, you you you've truly bought the property. It's much rarer, that possibly even impossible to to be gazumped or gazunded. Does that happen um, a lot? To be honest, not. I, I don't really. Whether it's where we practice, the area we work in, the right. estate agents in our area might all be a bit professional, and, and then they might prevent things like that from happening. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say I've seen it much in my career, but it definitely, definitely happens, um, and it's definitely a, possi- a possibility. There's, there's absolutely no until you exchange, which is the contract between binding. There's absolutely no protection for either the seller or the buyer. The buyer can say thousands in surveys. They can, you know, they can get really emotionally invested in the property they can start you know it would be against our advice but they can start ordering furniture looking at this that the other and and the seller can just go you know what this guy's offered me slightly more I'm going to take that or the property's simply coming off the market you know can and and, and does happen Um, the Scottish system is is designed um, to make that a bit more of a rarity so you sort of when you bid you've you've bought it and it's sort of uh, subject to certain inspections and checks and yeah, yeah that sounds so, so much better certainly better for the parties involved I imagine yeah. um, although I've never moved in Scotland yeah. But, but yeah we, we do anecdotally have clients who might be moving from Scotland here or moving from here to Scotland and, and without fail they all prefer that side of it yeah. is that a bit like when you go to an auction then it's sort of a similar thing it's yeah it's kind of like a hammer down auction yeah you, you've got to, cards on the table you're a genuine buyer make your offer um, skin in the game as it were and, and, and you've but there are the safety nets and the various inspections and things like I said I'm, I'm, no, I'm no expert on it and should a Scotch lawyer listen to this I apologise listen <laughs> <laughs> a Scotch lawyer will listen to this don't worry they'll listen to it in America yeah. as well <laughs> Uh, talking about America, it seems to be very trendy to be working in real estate. And I have noticed the way that they talk about selling property now in the UK. They've changed the language in the way they say things. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of Homes Under the Hammer. And even on Homes Under the Hammer, they've changed the way that they refer to things to the American way. Last and final, I've heard them say things like that. Oh, I'll tell you what it was on, local, location, location, location. And I was just like, mm, I don't like this. We've just been influenced too much by the, you know, the American process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. It's it, you can you can word it that way, but in America it means last and final. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you word it like that here. It isn't really because the next week anyone can just walk away. But, so they, it, but they make so much more money in America. I have a feeling they yeah. do. Our laws are older. Yes. Yeah. Um, the nation is younger than ours, and, and, and the laws are a bit more. Properties aren't as old. Yeah, properties aren't as old. I think in America the and, and I don't know enough, but I. I believe that the realtor does the legals, so it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a combined conveyancer and estate agency role because the law is simpler and it probably makes it possible. So that you do see on these programs, don't you, million dollar listing and all that kind of. You see the ridiculous commissions. It, it is kind of a dual job. I suppose. Right, we're in 2023 now. 2022, on reflection, was a really strange year because. No one knew what it was what was going to happen at the beginning. The housing market had been amazing, hadn't it? Late sort of in twenty late twenty twenty one, and then twenty twenty two, it kind of changed a lot. What do you see happening in twenty twenty three with the housing market? Wow, uh, yeah, it, so many different. Just things. answer the question. Yeah. Solve the um, problem. 
I, I personally see it slowing. Right. So, yeah, um, there's, there's been real sustained um, growth. growth and volume and price increase. And then, but now against the backdrop of rising interest rates, possible recession, doom and gloom, everyone's oh. feeling doom yeah. and gloom, aren't they? And, uh, most sensible commentators are, are you know, predicting that it, it, it will slow. Um, Does it, it need to, though? Perhaps. I mean, to just, to just kind of get things back on track, because it has been going up and up and up. Depends who you are. If you ask the person who's wanting to sell the house, they'll be gutted. If you ask, you know, yeah. if, if, if even buyers aren't really winning if, if it slows down because it's what you may save in price and there's a bit of talk that prices will come down a little bit and mm. um, you're just giving the bank an interest mm. so, so you know it's a personal circumstance whether you you know uh, all these things are temporary though and you yes. just take the market as it comes and yeah I mean I because uh, obviously we, we're a business and um, we deal with lots of businesses and but uh, you know I've been looking into recessions and they tend to happen every 15 years so the last one was 2008 wasn't it because of the global um, banks issues and before that it was kind of early 90s and then before that it was early 80s so it's about every 15 years and we do that's the way the economy goes it goes ups and downs and I just keep saying that to people it will end you've just got to hold your nerve and do your very best that you can do yeah yeah and there's you know the unique backdrop with the pandemic the, the reaction to the pandemic in property the there was a unique kind of scenario where everyone else seemed to be slowing down and we were speeding up and that was driven by kind of an artificial stamp duty holiday so stamp duty was cut back um, yeah. and that, then it, that was extended near the end of what was meant to be the holiday to kind of keep it going and it's a funny backdrop and I, I just something you'll probably never ever see in your life no, I mean, every time there's there's a you know recession or, or poor economic climate and, and it usually follows a bit of a mm. bit of a kind of artificial boom so you've got dot com crash you've got a house crash you know 2008 you see you see films about it don't you and, and it's funny because there'll be people working in hospitality who are closed for periods of time or, or there'll be people in sectors that were really hurt by the pandemic who didn't have that boom before the bust yeah yeah <laughs> so it's yeah who knows what 2023 will bring it's- just going back to JP Goldman yes. um, if people are interested in getting to know you as a, as a solicitor because they're thinking about moving and they are maybe found a property they like do they come and see you before they find a property or do they kind of engage with you and say look we're moving or, we're, we, or how does it work that way um, they can come see us whenever okay. suits them but, but what usually happens is uh, we're kind of a follow on so um, people will have usually visited an estate agent or if they're buying and need to know what they can afford a mortgage broker first um, so they usually see a professional in a different field first Mm -hmm. and then that professional will often say look you're going to need a solicitor and then that people will either deal with that when it comes once they've actually got a bid accepted and they're ready or they'll come to us they'll say oh my mortgage broker I'm I'm just arranging my mortgage now I'm going to be buying shortly Um, and they'll you know they'll get a quote and they'll they'll know who we are they'll know where we are and then we'll just say look come back to us when you're ready and are your fees set or do you have does it vary on the value of property Um, our fees are fairly set 
mainly because we're quite geographically tight in terms of where we operate. A, a, a lot of firms will operate on a sort of national scale and they'll get work, you know, essentially buy it online, buy one method or another. So it might be traditional online advertising or they might come to arrangement with sort of online comparison sites. That isn't our model. We work with within the community that we're based or mm. communities that we're based now. There's, obviously, there's the odd, huge, more valuable property and there are there is some variety, but because we operate just within kind of one area which has its kind of value range, mm. we, we, largely for simplicity, our fee is the same. The, the, the variables with us more come down to kind of complexity. Right. So if you're buying a flat or a new build property, there simply just is extra work involved. Oh, is there? Yeah, right, there's okay. There's no, no way around it. It's a bigger job and, and th- we quote accordingly. But as every firm should and as the regulator um, tells us we should, we, we, all that is as upfront as possible. If you see the word flat, you know, you, you, you incorporate the leasehold fee, we call it. And do you have like a sinking the, fund with lots of flats and things like that? Yeah, there's, 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 there's well-run blocks above a certain size should really have a sinking fund because, right. you know, you, a management company cannot know when they're going to need a new roof yeah. or, you know, there's going to be some other issue with some of these places have lifts, you know, the lift breaks. Yeah, or, I lived in a flat and, we, and I lived on the ground floor and I had still paid the service charge for the lift and never bloody used it. <laughs> yeah, yeah so they, <laughs> I felt like going up and down in it at least once a day just to get my money's worth. Take the ride, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm paying for this. What we do is we, we look at three years accounts. Um, we try and get a feel for it being whether it's a well-run management company because if a block isn't well-run, they'll estimate your service charge for the year. They'll spend way more than they estimated and then... Send you a bill. And then, yeah, two options. They either ask you all for a little bit of cash there and then or they it just goes up massively next year. Oh. You often see it where high, low, high, low, high, low because mm. the high years might be a reaction to a problem because there's no sinking funds or they simply didn't collect enough and then the low years are kind of over-ambitious mm. estimations, whereas the well-run ones will be steady. You know what your service charge is. There's always money in the sinking fund. If something is wrong, it's there, it's covered. Your service charge might go up slightly to rebuild the fund, but standard is get three years accounts and you, get, you, you kind of paint the picture. And yeah. You, and, you know and that's about. something that you do then? You do all that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You do loads? Yeah. Nobody knows, really, what, what you touched on earlier. It's unless you're some kind of property investor you're not coming across us and you know by the time you use us next you've long since forgotten about the, yeah. the time you last used and it changes so fast but yeah that's all that's all in our remit Welcome to Middlewich I must just say that as well and if anybody wants to get in touch with you we are advertising you in the magazine but they uh, can either pop down to the hub Yes That's probably the easiest thing to do isn't it or just Google JP Goldman Pop to the hub Google give us a call email yeah all the usual ways And, and if, if someone just wants some advice because they're thinking about moving and it's a big scary thing they can come and see you and you can just say yeah yeah we, we often get that so we'll, we'll get sort of people who it might be can I just check this before I even make an offer you know oh, so okay, yeah. like we just spoke about flats someone might go and they're like oh god there's all this stuff going on there's a there's a lift there's um nice gardens that seem on they might just want to know in advance mm. what's the deal there how does it work do I really want to live in a flat and that's just a conversation to be had and it you know we're rather than put an offer in, paying for your searches or the rest of it, uh, arranging your mortgage for a particular property and then deciding that you don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't suit you. That it might, so There are occasions where it might be best just to ask a question. Can I just ask one thing? A lot of these things about houses is well, relevant to each individual case, isn't it? And there are so many different things that could happen. But you know the government shared ownership scheme? Is that quite a, is that quite a difficult one legally to deal with? Yeah, shared ownership is, is, is one of the more complicated areas we deal 
doing. Yeah, well, it's good though for but people. It's a brilliant pathway, you know, for, for some people. It's there are a lot of these schemes, and and you know, there's help to buy ISAs. There's specific stuff for MOD staff members. They they have a MOD loan kind of scheme towards deposits. Certain builders will put incentives in. They'll pay X percent, and then you know they might cover your stamp duty, whatever it is. And there are ways to help buyers, and 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 the, the needed because it's it's so hard to buy a property. Mm. You know, it's so particularly if you're a we rarely see a single first time buyer. It, you know, it's invariably couples because it it, it it's so hard to, to buy a property even when there's two of you. Yeah. You know, and it's. Uh, it's um, any any help, any of these schemes, obviously, we, uh, are welcomed. They all come with their own nuances, and it's a bit of more swatting up for us to do, but they're definitely needed. Yeah. Well, you do sound, and I'm sure you are, very knowledgeable, and that's what you need when you have a solicitor when you're buying a property, somebody who who is really, really knowledgeable. I will say that uh, uh, um, I've got staff who are much more intelligent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to say I'm a, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to property. No, no, no. I, I, you know, I'm... One of the founders and whatnot, but I'll ask the staff more questions yeah. than they ask me. Yeah. We, we've got some brilliant people. You know, there's you, you get a feel for it. You know, that certain people just understand shared ownership. Mm. Certain people just you still get the odd unregistered property where it's the old paper deeds. I'd love those people come and ask me about those. I've got our paper deeds from our house, yeah. and we tried to give it to the when we sold the house and built. We tried to give it to this listed. They didn't want it. Okay, it becomes a new registered electronic title. It's all digital. Now. Yeah, so we've still got the paper yeah. paper copies and it's got lists of all the people who own the house yeah. and and it was really sad because during the sort of 80s it was taken by the bank so the people who had it lost it and it was that felt really sad to me that I was reading that in this in these documents because the house has got such a history especially one that's 120 years old you should get your um, original conveyance the one that's um, 19 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you, should, you should get it framed. I've seen oh, people do that. Oh, that's a great it, idea. It, it looks yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. So um, we've actually got a little plan because we've got some deeds that people. You can't read the writing, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so we've got some deeds that banks would dematerialize, which is a fancy word for pulp them. Um, oh. <laughs> well, you know, that the clients don't want, like they won't, you know, mm. buyers, lawyers not interested in having them and doing what we do. We're, we're actually we're considering framing a few and having them in our meeting oh, room. Oh, yeah, they're so, they're, you're right. They're text it's written so nicely yeah some of them look lovely they, they, they do it was owned by like some kind of duke of what somewhere it was his land and then he somebody he knew built these four end of row this terrace for his wife it was like it's got this really nice story to it it does it tells a story and that obviously it's necessary everything's gone digital and it, it, it is necessary for many many reasons but you, you don't see that story now yeah you, you get the deeds and it, it's all time code you get a you download a title from a from the language to portal and it will say the time to the minute that you downloaded it the date you downloaded it on that's what the title looks like there and then you work off that one title yeah. you don't see how long the people before them owned it for I will absolutely do that I'll because that's a really good idea I'll take a picture and show it to you so. yeah. anyway I feel like I've taken up too much of your time and I could ask you loads of questions I'm really interested in property because I watch Homes Under the Hammer so much like I mentioned before and I think everybody thinks they could be a property mogul don't they it is a passion in this country people love yeah. property and property programs and design and yeah yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's been really nice to talk to you and thank you for being on the arch publications podcast That's daniel from jp goldman thank you thanks very much business insights with arch publications hosted by katie o'regan